Okay, we're just going to get right into the discussion. I'll add an intro later. Um, Anthony, before uh, I start rambling like I normally do, <laughs> um, how would you like for people to um, acknowledge you, address you, and know who you are? Basically, introduce yourself for me. I am Anthony Tony um, on Instagram. I am known as I am Controversy. Um, I'm an artist. I work full time as a resident director at a major private university in California. Um, I have a lot of experience with interacting with youth and just like uh, general leadership. Um, I manage two buildings, I manage student staff. Um, I'm 33 years old. I have dating experience mainly with black women, um, films. I am the oldest brother of three from a single parent household. Um, and also just to continue to qualify myself, cause I guess that's what we have to do as men sometimes. Um, I've taken care of both my parents at different times of my life. And so that, that changes my perspective on a lot of things, but um, just how I see the world and how I envision um, not just leadership, but black male leadership, which I think is really important. Um, and so, yeah. Thanks for that intro. Black male leadership. What is that? And how, let me, yeah, how is that different than leadership is what I was saying. I didn't mean to say it. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> what it is. So, I think when people consider what leadership is in general, right, you, you think of someone that you can follow, but also someone that you can trust. And so whether that be with making major decisions, whether that be with, um, you know, a budget, guidance, life advice, right, anything that you can put that expectations um, on another person, on another person's shoulders. And so when I talk about black male leadership, I think specifically in certain spaces, um, especially with relationships, we, we have black men have been devalued so much. And this isn't like to, to blame anyone specifically, but I think when we're looking at the modern era, um, we, what, what is capitalized on? It's not, it's not putting black men in leadership positions. It's not acknowledging black men as leaders. We are constantly, just as black people, victimized. And so when in the media, in the news, um, all of this plays out in, in different ways. And so then when you look at the core of it, what in our, in our economy, right, in capitalism, what propels you forward? And that's families. This system is not built on having single people. And so I believe that black male leadership is necessary not only to have a thriving black population, but in order for us to have black families, in order for us to have uh, growth and in any ounce of prosperity, um, we have to have coupling um, and in any regard. And I think it doesn't just have to be black men specifically but I am a black man. I do identify as a black man. Um, I believe I'm talking to someone who identifies as a black man. You are. And so, <laughs> yeah. and so it's, it's really important to bring that back into, because the conversation for so long has been about toxic masculinity, red pill this. 
I just I just learned this red pill thing. This is so new to me. But I watched The Matrix, but I I, I understand it a little bit better now. Yeah, and so the conversation has been so twisted where we need to go back to our roots of just what brings black men and women together. What brings people together? Because we 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 can do the dance of the gender war and the well, you do this and you choose that and you want this and I want that. We can do that all day. But but is that going to give us more families? Is that going to give us more healthy, positive relationships? And I don't think it is. And so we have a generation coming up with social media, with you know the maybe the only men that they have heard like popular was was Andrew Tate. Like we saw that at like the the little league World Series and stuff. Some of those kids put it, like, oh, who's your favorite person? Who's your favorite person on YouTube? Andrew Tate. These kids are like 10, 11 years old. And so, you know, not to say that that's wrong. You know, I'm not going to criticize freedom of speech for for anybody, but that level of influence is interesting when we see how that plays out in 10 to 20 years when these kids are looking for people to couple with. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so um, it's just really important to me to have those conversations to address those disparities and honestly like sometimes it requires calling some people out and so there's some there's some things with sex positivity um creators and stuff on instagram that i've had back and forth with and like i don't mind naming names but i think they do more harm than good and i'll tell them that because i think we've we black people have never had a problem bumping into each other we've never had a problem with having sex with each other but we do have a problem with marriage we do have a problem with having fathers stay in the home and not because they were just leaving some of them literally ran out family court destroys more families than it does keep them together and so when you play into this well we can just talk about having safe sex and like making you know um consent sexy and things those are all important but that's not the core of our issues and so also when you do that, when you capitalize on trendiness, when you capitalize on the bullshit tweets that are just like, oh, about penis size and eating pussy and things like that, like, that's all fun and games, but like you're not bringing black people together. And so then for them to be criticized and then call me misogynistic or misogynoir and things like that, we don't even understand what these words really mean. And so like, we can talk about fat phobic. We can talk about transphobic. We can talk about all of those things, but a lot of those, I feel like a lot of those pushback come from black men aren't also able to have standards and we haven't been able to have standards for a very long time. And that also is an essential part of black male leadership because you don't want black men or you shouldn't want black men just to accept anything. And so we can talk about that further too. But. <sighs> Where were you when I was going through this phase of figuring out my identity? This was a personal thing for me. I had this intersection of identities between being a straight black man in predominantly queer spaces, in predominantly white spaces, in predominantly spaces where masculinity is frowned upon. And so I had these intersections of contradictions where I just felt like I didn't really belong. 
and I was having conversations with other black men who kind of had similar experiences between uh, a buddy of mine, Patrick, I interviewed who, you know, he was like, yeah, people always think I'm gay just because I like to dance. Like I'm a black man who likes to dance. I like to watch Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon is his favorite cartoon. You know, he can't express himself as a black man and be exp- uh, accepted because of his preferences his likes right and i know you mentioned like we as black men aren't allowed to have standards but i would venture out to even say preferences as well uh to a degree so uh mentioning that i'm making it more of a point on this podcast to i have a black male therapist and he's uh black he's gay he has um he has a lot of other intersecting identities as well and i find that me speaking with him about my life like 20 years ago that wouldn't have been cool like oh you got a gay you talking to a gay dude like a gay black man gay therapist whatever all of these things would have been frowned upon because you only go to a therapist when something's wrong black people don't you know have mental health issues you need to just go outside this was like what my grandparents would say you need bored go outside mental health was dismissed disregarded and I've come a very, very long way from a lot of the uh, phobias, we can say. I don't like that word phobia because when I think arachnophobia, yeah, I'm scared of spiders that can kill me. But when I hear homophobia, I'm not scared of gay people. And I looked up the definition of phobia and part of that definition is an aversion to. And so it's like anything that you have an aversion to you're uh, you're against that you're scared of it you know what i mean but uh i i say that because it's what it was my therapist who kind of got me into wanting to exchange the kind of dialogue that you are so receptive to having and also not just dismissing my opinion objectively and like using the people that I interview as my reference point because I can easily go oh yeah you know this person that didn't disclose this was their experience and I realized I've been doing that shit for six years because I looked up one day and no one I realized no one disagrees or disagreed with anything that I say or have said on this podcast on my social media following there have been no disagreements and that made me wonder what am I doing wrong and bow. It hit me right in the head. I am not expressing my own opinions and I have opinions. And I think that, you know, in cancel culture, especially as we can look at being a man where in social media spaces and we can go more into why that is, it's not okay to have an opinion as a man. You look at some of the men's content. If you look at Andrew Tate's a perfect example. So my experience was I knew who he was before he got big, but he never was like that big in the space until after having gotten, quote, canceled. And my social media algorithm completely flipped after seeing the first video that went out and people were like, look at this misogynist. He's talking about taking a machete to a woman. I was like, what? That don't even make sense. I've never seen him talk like that. So I started watching the videos and I started getting more of the videos. And alongside that came this uh, sort of men's empowerment type 
uh, content. It was like men are valuable, men are needed, men are necessary. And I remember just feeling like, oh, this feels so good to hear. And I asked myself, I was like, wait, what have I been listening to or seeing all this time for this to feel so good? And I started paying attention to when I would scroll and it, just like you mentioned in the sex positivity thing, there's a lot of women in the sex positivity, sex education space or uh, uh, female I- women identifying uh, people in the space. And so much of their content or statements has to do with belittling or talking down to men. And how you and I ended up connecting about this topic was because once I realized that I made a post, I was like, I am disengaging from anything that is men or trash content. Uh, I realized what I just said to you, you know, that for so long, like I've been beaten down subconsciously over social media and uh, a couple of examples of that. And then I'll pass it back over to you to hear what you have to say about this is um, I've at women being talked to at the gym. I did this poll on Instagram. I was like, hey, how do you. Do you want to be approached? How do you prefer being approached? Something along those lines. And so many women made a point of wanting to be or not wanting to be approached. They were like, I don't want to be approached. I want to be approached. And there was one lady who was like, well, you know, I go to the gym all the time and I would love to be approached. Like, I hate that no one talks to me. Like, I'm attractive. I'm there all the time. I feel safe with these people around. I see them all the time. And I realized from that example, there was so much um, prevalent information that said, don't talk to women in the gym ever. Don't ever approach a woman. Whereas here's this one person who's like, actually, yeah, like talk to me, you know, do it this way. And another layer to that was I asked, I asked very specific questions that came up with um, the, 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 how do I want to word this? I don't know how to say it, but I'm just going to try and say it. It was, would you rather be respected or entertained? And it was like the respectful approaches were declined. No, no, thanks. I'm busy. No, I'm here. I'm having a good time. No, I don't want to talk to you. Even from attractive men, but the more playful and entertaining ones, regardless of who it was, even if disrespectful, because some of the like jokes and pickup lines that have worked were like, more misogynistic or more sexist, as people would say. But these were the types of comments that came in. So it made me ask, you know, like, oh, okay, well, it looks here like these people from this poll would rather be playful than respected in that sense. And it it it's, was such a contradiction for me because what was being said didn't match what was being like what was actually happening. So pausing there uh, on this whole like rant thing, I'm working to share more of my own experiences. And that was an example where I shared this experience and like people were pissed that I said that I'm disengaging from men or trash content as if I have a responsibility to be victimized and put down uh, and not thrive and express myself. I hear two things there. I think one, you created like you created or became like this echo chamber and that happens on social media without us even consciously being aware of it. And then when you like seemingly unplug from the matrix and take a step back and look like, look at what, like, Oh, 
this is what that is. This is what my main audience is. So I'm only going to hear certain things, certain phrases, and it's usually going to align because how could we have an audience that was constantly going back and forth with each other? Like as an artist, if I was, you know, if I posted something, if I posted a piece and people constantly debating on it, I would really have to consider like, oh, do I want to do that again? Or do I want to, you know what I mean? Do I want to engage that way with my audience? And so we we lean that way even just on accident. And whether it's people pleasing, whether it's just, you know, to keep the peace, um, we lean toward who's accepting us and who's patting us on the back and who's affirming us. And that's that's human nature. I think I think that's fine, but then there comes a point where you have to look at it and be like, well, am I being my full self? Like as an artist, my whole name is I am controversy. So I've literally started with this notion of you might not like the things that I say, you might not like the things that I post, but this is what it is. And I've just done that for myself because I don't want to be in constant battle with who I am as an artist, who I am as a person. Like they, they all wrap up into one. And so that's just part of my own mission of just like, I can be my genuine self, if anything, in how I post. And if anything, in how, like, what's on my stories and what's more personal and what's not, I don't have to separate that from um, my artist page. And so I think that's another thing I hear where it's like, it, it's it's easy to get lost in the sauce. Um, another thing I hear is there's, there's, a, there's a level of, of just illusion <laughs> like, like there is so much we can't have honest conversations anymore about even simple questions about what you asked and i think that's unfortunate because at the bare point like the feedback that you got the rules of engagement for men have changed and that needs to be acknowledged regardless of how individual women identifying people feel right about their own like how they would want to be approached or not approached the rules of engagement have changed and so i almost i invite men to take a step back and, and do something that i did in my i started doing my late 20s and i was like i started looking at decisions and conversations as what i would tell my future son because that changes my perspective of not just like how I would feel or how, how I would do things, but if I'm giving advice, how would it change how I would talk about and address some of these things? And so with even approaching women, if I had a teenage black son, I would literally tell him not to do that. I'd be like, it's more trouble than it's worth. It's a gamble. You can, but I would want you to know the risks that are involved. We have whole TikTok videos now of just like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's a game. It's not, a, and, and, and some of those things that, that mirror life and, and things outside are not a game. And so, so I don't, I would not tell a, a person or a child that I'm responsible for. Oh yeah. Well, we'll go ahead and do that. You know, if you, if you're, if you make sure that you are a hundred percent respectful and you know it's not corny and cheesy and you're approaching someone that you're attracted to you go ahead and do that no i cannot in full confidence tell my child to do that and so my my thing to keep them safe and to keep them out of harm's way would be like don't do it at all and here's why because 
the, the feedback that we got, I'm also wondering if people were thinking in their head, well, if it were Courtney approaching me, if it were a man like Courtney approaching me, this is how I would feel. Across the board, I don't think we're having honest conversations about what it means to even be approached because if if a hobo, raggedy, smells bad, steps to you and is respectful, you're having a different reaction than if that is a man in a stoop, looks like he works on Wall Street, carrying a briefcase, says the exact same thing. And it doesn't even matter if you're attracted to that man. That, you know what I mean? It's cap because because those those circumstances are different, but the respectful nature could be the exact same. And I think those, and once again, I have to tell my child that that you, you're going to get a different response depending on who you who you step to and who you even engage with. Whereas before, right, we could have said maybe 10 years ago, maybe even seven years ago, right? Across the board, you just have to deal with rejection and what that would look like. Now, you, you could get rejected. You could be on someone's video camera. You could be uh, assumed as being weird. Um, and then at worst, harassment. The line between a harassment and then a sexual expression, like an advance, I'm sorry. Because how are we going to get in relationships if no one's initiating being in relationships like this is an essential necessary part of human existence and expanding and furthering the population just like you said family right and black families specifically the divisiveness that comes into social media the oh have sex you can have sex just keep doing that but god forbid we promote or talk about family staying together and i had a Conversation. Oh, go ahead. Make sure you say because, and, and these are these spaces because we've 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 seen them, and I know me and you have both seen them, and we're friends with some of them. But it's not just sex, but it's also prioritizing the pleasure of women identifying people, which is fine. But on the back end of that, an orgasm is not necessary for you to have children. This is like true. that's a scientific fact, but like I don't see these, I don't see these pages, right? I don't see these black women acknowledging that, and some of these black women are single moms. You really have to address that. If you have a whole audience of over ten k, you are biased at best. But we don't, we don't live in an era where scrutiny and accountability are the same. Accountability. Yeah, if I said certain things on my page, and I'm just an artist. Where I think my, my level of freedom should be expanded a little bit. Like, I'm not trying to attack anybody, you know what I mean? Or, like, stifle someone's freedom of speech. But I can't just, I couldn't just walk in, or I couldn't just draw a piece, right, that be controversial or attack a, cer- attack a certain group of people and just be like, oh, well, this is just art. We have whole pages. We have sex education pages. These people aren't certified giving information. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it unnecessary, some of it trendy, some of it sexy, some of it just for the fucking follows and likes. And if we're not honest about some of that, people are following these pages and taking in this information and just going on about their life. And I'm like, that's that's crazy to have a certain level of responsibility in an audience like that. And you could say something so reckless. And then when you're held accountable for it, you get defensive and upset. 
And I was like, that's the point, is that you're not even willing to have a conversation. You just want to try to shut it down by calling someone massage noir or fat phobic or whatever. Da, da, da. If, if someone's giving facts or someone is telling the truth, that is not misogynistic. I think we really need to like put stuff out there of what these terms actually mean. If someone wants to listen to fucking Tory Lane's music, that's not misogynistic. We need to stop that. Like, just stop it. Can, like, ooh, so here's a controversial thing. Why you yeah. you just saying that? Because it made me think. I saw someone. Um, my friends were on Facebook. She posted some tweet from a popular person that a uh, groomer is an anti LGBT term linking LGBT people to pedophiles, and it should stop being used. And I remember thinking to myself, like I saw that, and I was like, yo, this seems like a major you know, spotlight deflection from the word groomer, meaning what it means to be a groomer, right? So if we continue to cancel words or cancel people who use certain words, we essentially enable apathy because now people have to kind of be like, oh, well, I'm just going to avoid using that word and are unable to describe messed up things that are going on or things that are happening that have language that we just can't use. And it's like the more censored we become, the more we enable evil, we enable uh, unethical behavior, we enable children getting hurt and, and people being hurt by that. And I really like it hit me and I was just like, why is this rub me the wrong way? Because we're now saying that certain words are hate speech towards communities of people that have the power to make you completely irrelevant on social media <laughs> and in those communities, right? And I don't know, man, I just, I, when I think about that, like I look at other ways of like how cancellations work and I think about how you get labeled a thing, but people don't want to describe what that thing is. You can call somebody a misogynist and I've seen this with uh, people interviewing people asking about, do you know who Andrew Tate is? yeah. Do you like him? No. Why? He's misogynistic. Do you know what misogynistic means? And then it's crickets, right? So we're being pumped with these just words and words and words and people, words. And we're tertiarily picking up things that are impacting our behavior towards whatever our preferences may be or whatever language we want to use. And it's... It's, it's, it's impacting us. It's impacted me for sure. And I know I noticed it because I took a break from social media. I was only gone five days. I have essentially written like three quarters of a book. I started a new business, built a new website, got this idea to uh, start interviewing uh, former college athletes. And something positive for positive people is probably at the best place that it has ever been entirely. And I recognize like, all right, Courtney, I need to make it a point to take more of these breaks from social media and not just take the breaks, but also like speak to my experiences off of this shit because engaging in people with people in the real world, having real conversations, like the way that you and I were conversing, like I had conversations with women, you know, that if I were to have on social media, I'd be misogynistic, I'd be sexist, I'd be all these things, but the women that I talk to in person about this are like, yeah, you know, that's right. And, and then they'll add in, you know, more of it. Like, yeah, I know we don't say what we mean. I know that, you know, we're valued for our beauty and not what we do and purpose and things. And like, you can't get away with the same stuff. I can't like, these are real conversations with real people. 
And I think that social media, like you said, has kind of, or you've alleviated or alluded to, uh, created sort of this illusion of like what's what's real, what's acceptable. Yeah, and I and I think it's it's dangerous. Very. Um, I've worked with youth for ten years now, and in some of those spaces, I will I will tell you that children groom each other, and so. Do, I would never take away that term because I've seen it in action of what that really means. And it had nothing to do with the LGBTQA community. And in that moment, right, where I'm seeing a child recruit another child to go basically be pimped and on this on the on the stroll, like when when I've seen it with my own two eyes and I've heard it. It's 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 upsetting because th- those are those are the people in the populations that need the help the most, and so you have to you have to have people that are there. You have to have counselors that understand like what that is. And so if we eliminate certain language because it made it's been used as a derogatory term toward another group, well, what are you doing for the people that are being groomed in their household by their uncle? Or their aunt, or their classmate, and so you know what I mean. Like you just disregard that, and we disregard those victims, and we disregard those that that population of people that are vulnerable. And I'm an example of this, like because hearing that, I could be someone who goes, "Oh, I'll never use that word again," and then just kind of turn the other cheek. Whereas having dialogue like this is what's supposed to happen we're supposed to be able to have the language to have this dialogue so that we can protect our children so that we can do what's right and and i think when the conversation goes so i think this is what it is too we have steered away and i'm pretty sure you're in a liberal state right i think you are oh yeah super liberal grew up in missouri but now i'm in oregon and it's like night and day i swear and so I think we have, we've grown up with that understanding too of conservative bad, liberal good, but that doesn't mean they can do no wrong. And so when the scales are tipped and so uneven in any direction, that is an issue. And we don't address that enough. And so we don't address it at all. I, I can't say enough. I don't see it so, in the spaces I'm in. I don't see yeah. it there. And so these liberal leaning, Oh, I'm abolitionist only in words alone. But what does that really mean? Because I would say you cannot cancel a human being. Um, I've learned this over the years. I had accusations brought against me by my former partner that were not true. Um, didn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Didn't didn't matter. This person didn't have to prove anything. Could literally just say it. And um, I don't know if you were aware of that, but like. Because there's a whole video, there's a whole situation. But once again, I've had some years to process and therapy and understand certain things. Um, And I've had to take accountability for that relationship and all my relationships. And so that changes, once again, my perspective on things. Because as a man, I can't put that on the other person or I can't just let myself be the victim of certain things. I have to say, well, I chose this person. So anything that happened... I can't control another person, but I chose to be with this person. There were multiple times in that relationship where I should have walked away. There's that I, accountability. I 
I should have walked away. As a man, I should have sat there. I heard things to my face, and I still was like, oh, it's my job or responsibility to be here and see you through that. Nope, because then we look at the other side, right? If I were married to this person, I am now putting myself in a population where 80% of marriages are ended in divorce and instigated by women and families. So... I'm not stupid, but that math is over half. That means I'm putting myself in a vulnerable situation. I would have been putting myself in a vulnerable situation where statistically, if anybody's going to leave this situation, it's going to be the other person, not me. And so when these things get played out in our relationships that we're not even, we're not even dealing with marriage yet. We're not even dealing with marriage and children yet. And I can look at my person and be like, Ooh, this, this might be an issue one day. Right. The things that you're saying, the the mentality that you have toward partnership or whatever, if it's if it's in a way where it does not serve the both of us. What are we doing? I have to look at you differently. And a lot of these ideals and core values and things get tainted by feminism. And we really need to talk about that because there is this there's this thing where I'm like. I will engage and talk to a black woman. And they will say that they are a feminist. And I'll ask them and be like, well, what does that mean exactly? And some of them get defensive. Some of them go real hard for a movement that did not care about you, did not care about your ancestors. In fact, the only way that they were even able to lead said movement was because they had black and brown women raising their children in the house, nursing their literal babies. And so white women could be like, mm, let me look around and see. I got all this extra time on my hands, basically. Hey, Shirley, you, you, you want to go outside? Like, yeah, we should go outside, you know, because Bill, Bill and, and Robert, they're, they're, they're outside. Why can't we be outside? And like, like, that was the start. Like, we don't talk about the real the historical trauma. That was the start of if I don't even have to be solely responsible for raising and nursing my children, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have some time to, to think about, you know, what I want to do and how I want to do it. I'm not thinking about the black and brown women that are stuck inside, that I'm paying shit money to literally take care of my children and be like, oh, well, I want freedom and I want you to be able to vote and I want you to be able to own land. They didn't give two fucks about them people, right? And so we talk about this movement so graciously, so like, oh, that was the beginning of womanism and then black feminism no it fucking wasn't no it wasn't i've read plenty of black feminist theory you know what black feminist theory is angry you know why it's angry because there was a whole group of population of women that were literally discounted dismissed not acknowledged their pain dismissed their anger not highlighted and so read some of those things and it's it's literal expression of oh this is how we feel right now and this is how it's been justified and this is how we've been ignored not like oh well we just want to be outside with the white people and be equal and with, with white women and that's not what it was and so words mean things and so when black and brown women go so hard for feminism in a movement that did not consider them and their ancestors i really have to question of like this is a simple google search White women were not fighting for um, civil rights. So, so, so think about that time period, too, where feminism was on the rise once again. Because, you know, they always want to talk about the waves and stuff. So the second wave, 
white women were not lining out outside to be like, hey, oh, you know, segregation and, you know, the, the right for you to be considered a whole human being in America, like, that, that's important to us, too. You know, that's important to our movement. No! <laughs> no! Now, they might not have been completely delivering the harm, but they were with some of the men who were making the, some of the laws who, who didn't want you to have the right to vote, who didn't want you to be considered a whole human being. They were in the house. They were fucking them. They were raising their children. Right? And so, so, so when they got together and they were like, well, how can we expand this movement? It's not until the third wave, right? It's not until like around where, where white feminists of that era were sitting there and like, oh, Trump's really bad. We don't like him. And so the liberal feminists and even some of the conservative feminists were like, well, th- that's a common enemy. We don't like that grabbing by the pussy guy. So how can we get, right, when we're talking about how can we make sure that he does not win power? And then they failed because then white conservative women voted for Trump. Feminists voted for Trump. You can go look, you can go Google it. White women won that man the White House. And so these are the people that you're going hard for. These are the people that you are founding your somehow like moral and I I don't know what it is, some type of weird hierarchy or whatever of like, well, this is important and this means stuff and we should be against anybody that's against women and 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 abortion and da-da-da-da. Cool. But do you realize that that is not serving in your best interest and it does not serve in your best interest of the black community? Like that's what I, and, and, and black men and black families. Like, that's all I want. If you're willing to sacrifice and say it out loud, right, then stand on it, I have no no qualms, no problem. But it's the same people that say, oh, I'm a feminist, and then at the same breath can be like, I'm pro-black. The fuck out of here. Wow. That's a, that's a sermon. <laughs> that's a sermon. It's hypocrisy incarnate because, because then we even talk about, let, let's go back to canceling, right? Mm-hmm. We have a whole case, and this is really important to even how we look at justice. <sighs> with this, with this Megan the Stallion and this Tory Lanez business, and I, I hate using celebrities because I would rather address average people. But if this were were an average people situation, and this is where Tory Lanez shot Megan the Stallion in the foot, right? Allegedly, what we're talking allegedly. about. Allegedly, okay. Allegedly, right? So let's just take this situation for what it is. We have not gone to trial yet. This man has, this black man has not been convicted of a crime yet. And in the court of public opinion, people have already decided, oh, you, you hurt that black woman. Oh, that black woman couldn't lie, wouldn't lie. Why would she? Right? And so that's where the conversation goes. Not, we haven't even heard it. We, there's no verdict. You haven't heard all the evidence. I don't know. You weren't there. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened in that vehicle. But I will will be waiting like everybody else should be before I sit here and slander a black man that I don't even know. And even I'm not going to do that at the behest of of not slandering a black woman that I don't know. See what I'm saying? Like, I can just keep my mouth shut. But, But also my opinion for one or the other, once again, is not misogynistic now what does sound misogynistic is if you're going to cancel say someone did something and you weren't there 
And we have been allowed to spin this narrative of now we talk about black men and domestic abuse and black men hurting black women off of that situation that hasn't even gone to trial. That is, that is infuriating because I don't want to have that conversation with you. I don't care how relevant it is because I'm not saying it doesn't exist. And I'm not saying that doesn't need to be talked about. But if you go from Tory Lanez and Meg Thee Stallion to black men and domestic abuse, you're fucked in the head because they, they don't correlate right now. And it's, it's important to acknowledge that when someone already had, when, when black men already have been devalued, when black men already, we're, we're not pushed to the forefront unless we're shot by police. You're not seeing black male leadership in a positive light. In fact, you're seeing it being taken away from you, and that's when you're told to care. It's not the day-to-day value in having strong black men, average fucking black men that do their job, go home every day, ain't out here trying to cheat on their wives, right? Trying to be good fathers. We're going to disregard that population, and we're going to talk about, oh, well, you know we have a domestic abuse problem. How you, You can't do that. And, and, and the people that do that the most I know are these pages these these pages that that are supposed to be you know positive this and positive that and queer leaning and liberal leaning and blah blah you you cannot condemn black men without acknowledging the value that they bring to a whole community and how that needs to be not only be affirmed, but it needs to be encouraged. You need to find a fucking way to put out some other statistics. Why am I posting about um, the facts about black fatherhood? I didn't see none of that shit on them sex positive pages. And I follow some, and some of them aren't doing it on accident, right? You disregard it on accident because if you think black fatherhood isn't somehow in the same realm as sex positivity, and relationships and dating that's also the disconnect all right i I want us to stay here because you just two things happen like it it felt good hearing how you spoke about black men and then the second thing is how with sex positivity there's all this acceptance that's supposed to go around for everyone but there's the omission of sex for the purpose of pregnancy for the purpose of carrying out a family if we're talking so much about the right to abortion, we're talking about various contraceptions, we're talking about sex that isn't intercourse that leads to pregnancy, I guess why aren't we talking about families? Why is that not a part of the conversation? Because disempowering men is the consequence of that. And I think people, because of that devaluing that I talked about, people are okay with that. These pages are okay with that being the fallout and that being the consequence. Because when you don't see the value of something, you don't you don't care what happens to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so just like the statement that I said really is that we're you are told to care about black men when they are murdered. You're and not that's... told to care about black men when they are falsely accused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they when they are uh, like I said, average. There's nothing wrong with being average. Most people in America are average. I'm average. I, I would assume that you are average. I make I make above average money, and I had to work years and very hard to get to that point. And I'm and I still consider myself average, right? 
but there's there's a lack of value in that and i will even say that you will find that on dating apps the most because years ago right think about like our parents parents and stuff like that being a good man meant something now you can be a good man you ain't getting you you you, you gonna have to try your darndest <laughs> you are going to have to fight <laughs> you are going to have to fight to be recognized you're gonna have to fight for attention you're gonna have to fight for uh empathy you, you are going to have to, some of these basic human fucking needs, you are going to have to stretch yourself for. Because do you remember, and I also want to point out something too about dating. Do you remember, because you brought this up earlier, but do you remember when there was this little thing that I feel like it was started by sex positivity and relationship pages on Instagram, but there was this, there was this really thing about men going to therapy, trying to make it sexy, trendy. I do, I do. Right, right, right. So, so think about it. So, so that was the language used, right? Of like, oh, black men. What, what were you telling black women? Were you, were you telling black women, oh, you, you should withhold sex if that man's not healed, and what that would do? What, what does that do to our community? Because that don't mean that the black woman's healed. That don't mean that the black men got all her shit together. That doesn't mean that the, the black women chose better, right? We there's more black women. Then there is black men. These are just facts. It's not misogynistic. So who has their pick of the litter? It ain't black women. So who who really needs to be held accountable for the choices that they make? And this is what I'm talking about. It comes back to choices and like these pages are ran by people who haven't had to be accountable for their decisions. If you are a single black woman, you have put yourself in a negative statistic that changes not only how you see the world, but how the world sees you. And if over half of our black children are born into single parent families, that's not because the black men are just up and like, oh, well, you got pregnant, so I'm out of here. That's that's the narrative, but that's not the fact. Black women make single parent families. That's a hell of a statement. Hey, that's a hell of a statement. Call it controversial. It's a fucking fact because if you have freedom of choice to have a baby, or abort a child, whose fault is it then that over half of black children are born in single-parent families? It ain't the black men. Because we could have a conversation, and you can do whatever the fuck you want. And that's okay. I give you, I'm all pro that. But if we have a conversation, right, and I engage with you in consensual sex the night before, and we talked about everything. You know how much money I make. You know I work at McDonald's. You, you, you know all that. We had a conversation, and you said... Oh, I don't want a baby right now, and I don't think it would be right. And I say, I don't want to be a father right now. Great. And the next fucking day, for whatever happens, we do everything right, right? We do everything safe, and accidents happen, right? Babies are made. That's the price you pay for engaging in sex. Because also, we don't talk about it enough, but you get pregnant. It doesn't matter what conversation or what you said to my face the night before. It's not it's not rescinding consent type of conversation at all. We don't talk about how many fathers were made and they literally told the person, I don't want to be a dad. Oh well. We don't talk about that. We don't we don't talk about we don't hold the level of accountability on on women the same as we do, but we always want to gotta fight for your fucking freedom. We always gotta make sure that you have a choice, and that's fine. But then you do realize that you're going to be just as criticized and judged for the choices that you make. And so if you are a single mom. What have you done for the black community? You chose wrong. 
whatever way you want to play it, right? Not necessarily having a baby, but you might have chose the wrong man to have sex with. You might have chose the wrong person to gamble with your coochie with. And now, oh, I'm supposed to glorify you, Queen Mother Seamoss Goddess, because you decided Seamoss Goddess burden of a child by yourself. So I'm supposed to sit here in awe of you and give you the same level of respect that I would give a person that hasn't made that decision yet. And that that's the difference because I'm not gonna treat you different, but I don't have to date you. Ooh, and you'd be you'd be considered something would be said bad about you for having a preference is a perfect example people will try to disqualify me now based on the statements that i just made and they are all facts because this is what i'm talking about when it goes back to that conversation of what i would have with my future child if someone makes a poor choice it doesn't just go away and so our community is littered with poor choices on both sides by the way i'm not blaming one side or the other but the level of criticism of how we got here is unconsciously biased <laughs> on black men and that, that's what I really want to address if, if these pages could really look at the unconscious bias and negativity toward black men and we could have an honest conversation about that I think the world would be a better place because black women are in this echo chamber of well I can do no wrong and like it's a good thing that I'm a single mom because I deserved xyz and blah 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 no you don't no you fucking don't because it's just like a homeless person if a black man is homeless, someone's going to criticize the choices that that person made, that person that that the choices that that black man made to get there. If it's a black woman, oh, we feel sorry for her. If it's a black woman with kids, oh, how how could this happen? Look at our look at our society. Our society didn't have all these things for her to help, and the federal government didn't have you know, oh. you know get her food, money, housing, and all these things. You don't do that with we don't do that with black men. We've got social media. It's it's social media. You mentioned the echo chamber and it's like there's this artificial empathy that it, this is what's coming to mind for me right now. It's like the statement artificial empathy because what we see online is dictating how we behave in reality. Like what we respond to, how we respond to it. Perfect example, when George Floyd was murdered, I remember there was a white woman with a page of a lot of followers who shared something from my page and then was like, go support this black man's content. And I was furious. Like, I was really angry about that for a number of reasons. And it took me a while to process it. But one of the things was the lady didn't follow me. The lady didn't engage in a conversation with me to figure out what I was doing, what I had going on. She went to a recent post and was immediately able to alleviate any guilt or sense of responsibility or duty by going to a page, hitting the share button, posting it. And then it was like, ah, that's my social justice work for the month, right? I hit my quota. And also it continues to perpetuate this idea that if I were someone who did benefit from that share, that post, oh man, every time a black man gets murdered, I need to be ready with a post that can be shared so that I can eat, so that I can make more profit, so that I can feed my family, so that I can, whatever the reason may be. And I really, really resonate with this, um, with the, the, the absence of accountability and responsibility that is placed like we have so much more accountability and responsibility on ourselves. Even the story that you were sharing at the beginning for the 
the the video that you were talking about for the situation that you were in, you spoke with your own conviction and accountability. And we don't see that in this space from these women, from the pages that are responsible for perpetuating this artificial empathy. And I think people don't understand that they're products of the algorithm. And that should be scary. You know what I mean? Like, like how did you even pop up on this person's radar? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and so that in and of itself was like, well, what, what, what tags were you looking up because of that situation? And, and why I didn't am even, I supposed to I didn't I, even like, think that's about not the intention that. that I want to bring on. That's not why you should come over here. <laughs> that, not that. But, but see, that's what I'm talking about. Like black men dying makes people a whole lot of money. Wow. You you and, said it. I was I swear to God I was thinking it. And, and it will be capitalized all the time. And I you know what? I go back to even uh, and, and we do it. We do it so just recklessly in our community. I'll go back to when DMX died. <laughs> this, 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 just at the core. Once again, this is a black man, a black artist that people have listened to, that had a level of influence, that had a voice, and was was a artist, right? Regard. Once again, not about the money, not about his personal life, whatever. That was a black father, and. It took two seconds, <laughs> two seconds into the the RIPs and the well to like, well, you know, he had sexual assault allegations against him. You know what that don't I saw that, that with Kobe Bryant, with Kobe Bryant died in the plane but, crash but, with his but daughter. Don't you know? But but this is the thing about TMX that when that was brought up, once again, simple Google search, both of those allegations and charges were dropped. Both times that, that that came up. And one was a blatant lie because he didn't do something for somebody else or whatever. Right? And, but, but once again, you throw that out on a black man that has died, a black father that has multiple black children, and you can shame, you can insult, you can judge, you can do all of that. You can do all of that. And that man is freshly in the ground. What you going to do for the average black man? Black men die every fucking day. They're not DMX. Black fathers. But, and they're not always shot by police. That's, that's the other thing, too. I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, the value is gone. And, and so I think where we're at, too, is, is for the black men that this affects, which is most of us, how do we choose to address these things? Because we can be angry. You know what I mean? Like we can we can start a whole. Can we? Can we? Thing. Can we get angry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Like that could be the reaction, right? We justifiable anger. We could do the bunch of posts. We could have a bunch of conversations. We could get together and huddle, right? But does that move the? But does that move the pendulum forward? Does that pro, like give us progress, or does that hold us in the same space and keep us in the same like gender war? That we're feeding in, which is what it's going to be capitalized on. You know what? Single people make money. You do, like you do not understand. I don't know why it's simple because you can you can be anti marriage. You can not like the institution. You can say it's a business or whatever. Two incomes are better than one, and most of y'all are broke. So wouldn't you rather be semi not broke with somebody else than broke by your fucking self? That's just simple math. You know. I'd rather 
I'd rather work with someone who wants to work with me than go through the rest of life by my goddamn self. And I, I will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> my dog, we will be fucking fine. But, but like, but like, this is the thing. Most women won't be. Most black women are vulnerable. You're not saving money for retirement. You're not saving money for if something goes horribly wrong. Like fucking COVID, some of you were shacked up with partners, and it was a it was low key against your will, but it was it was fucking nice, wasn't it? It was nice to have someone go out there and get some goddamn toilet paper. See, see, but we don't talk about that shit. We don't talk about that shit. It's nice to have someone go out and do some shit for you, keep your car clean and correct. It's nice, but then right when it goes wrong, oh, oh, they they ain't shit. Oh, they need to go to therapy. Oh, oh. I deserve better. Do you? Do you? Because you had it and you might not even appreciate it. And, and what are you telling little black girls? What are you telling little black boys? Some of you are raising black sons. And it's weird because you don't like your baby daddy, but you won't act like that's not going to rub off on your child. And, and God forbid, if, if I were a, a, I felt it with my parents' divorce. I knew my mom loved my dad. But I still knew that she left. And so now when I'm growing up and I had to and I had to process that in therapy, that still meant something. It didn't mean that she did something wrong, but she did make a selfish choice and she could justify it for years. Justify it for years. She was like, oh, <clears throat> I did it for my children. No, you didn't. Ooh, that's the thing that everybody says. I did this. I stayed for the kids or I left for the kids. Like kids yes. are the scapegoat. But who, who is enabled to do that? Once again, this goes back to family court, which is what? White colonizers. Family court says that more than likely, a woman would have to be a damn near drug addict walking to the goddamn court with a heroin needle in her arm asking for full custody of her children, and the judge still might consider it. So this is my thing of like, this is where we're at. So if over the years... Most women have gotten their children. You know what that means? They've gotten a check too. Man, I can I can speak to that. I've been interviewing my relatives when I went home and I was talking to my dad about this. My dad, I asked him about his childhood growing up and he talked about uh, he could remember his aunts who would get pregnant, have a baby, get government assistance. There was no aspiration to go on and get a job because they were taken care of. You know, you get more money, more babies you have and less men in the house. He talked about how social workers would come in, look for big clothes, big shoes, big jackets, any sign of there being a man in the house that wasn't uh, one of the kids in that house. And that like, man, dude, that incentivization the incentive to not have a man in the house and have a kid raise that kid in this society just like how you mentioned you know how are we raising these black boys how are we raising these black girls we're telling these girls oh you don't need no man but here's how you can play the system here's this system that's for you but collectively like we're feeding this system that is not doing anything for us it's against us and the divisiveness in black communities as a result of this and like there's it's so much depth to everything that you say you'll say a bar and then move on to the next thing and then there will be even more beneath that and partly um when we talk about 
you know, even just taking it back to the sex education thing, not talking about families and not talking about the politics in that and the incentivization of uh, having the baby uh, as a single mother or uh, the the precautions of like the, the consequences. I'm sorry, I didn't mean precautions because I'm looking at the clock and we about to have to pause this and go on to the next hour. But um, I want to just kind of wrap this up before we transition into the next thing, man. There is so much said here that requires even more questions and like more discovery, more conversation. And we're not encouraged to do this. We need to be encouraged to have this dialogue because this is where solutions happen. So we, I guess we can sit here, we can talk about what the problems are in varieties of spaces, but I really do believe that so much of it is about the way that social media is passively used. You know, I think about, I'll be sitting on the toilet and taking a shit and I'll look up and 20 minutes will have gone by. I will watch like 12 TikTok videos. I'll have migrated over to Instagram, watch some reels, scroll through, like something, sent the message here and there. And without even realizing it. And I remember there was a day I was driving and this is when I said, I'll never text and drive again. I was on my phone scrolling through social media and I was just where I was going. I I didn't remember stopping at a red light. I didn't remember turning. I didn't remember checking the speed limit. I was just in my phone. And the next thing I knew was I was there. That is how powerful this thing is. I was able to just unconsciously get to where I was going while consciously consuming this information. And you spoke to it about how the algorithm is like driving us, right? And I think about it like, you know, we, we don't praise God no more. We praise the algorithm because that's what we feed our attention to. And what we focus on grows. And that is a perfect example in real time of what that looks like. Yep. And I think... It's dangerous, it's scary to realize that, but it's also, I don't think you have to unplug to to realize that. Because I want to go back to what you said about how, basically how productive you've been um, since taking a break or a step back from social media. And I think there's there's wisdom there because you're not bored. You, you have filled your time with your best interests with moving projects forward, with moving yourself forward, and that's ambition, right? So you're expressing a level of leadership and accountability of how you spend your time, how you use your time. And so once again, th- th- these are important. These are, that's a, va- that's a value system there, right? And so someone were to look at you and be like, you know what, not only is that attractive, but I would want the father of my child to display that level of X, Y, and Z, of using their time wisely, of moving things forward, of, you know, disengaging to be productive, right? That's a trait. However, however, (laughs) in the space that we're in, we're not talking about the fathers of children. We're talking about the penis of the, the penis on the course of orgasm. I don't think that... I don't see myself being looked at as an option for the father of someone's children. I'm often looked at, to be quite honest, as a sex object, you know, in a lot of cases. And I look at, you know, taking that step back, looking at social media, not just social media, but the particular space I occupy in social media. That's what I see. I don't see people looking at these character traits. It's 
this I'm having this conversation with this person who was hot. Like I wanted to maybe I'll hook up and it's all hooking up. It's not it ain't about family. It ain't about longevity. It's not about the future. It's a lot of this is how I feel right now. And I'll go back to even because we both been on dating profiles recently and, and doing things. I'll go back. <laughs> I'll go back to I thought like, oh well, these are these are important traits, right? That I would you know that I want to display. I want to show. Well, how can I do that without actually writing them out? Because I can't show that through a picture. And don't you know it's more important for me to put my fucking height than it is for me to put that. Oh, well, I have high character you should kind of want to talk to me about that. And like, <laughs> you know, like, what does that mean? Why would I put that on my dating profile? I delete that shit so quick because it doesn't matter. You know what matters? That I'm six foot. I have a fucking Frenchie, <laughs> you know, that <laughs> I have tattoos and my, I have piercings. Like, like that is more qualifying for me in the dating realm than the fact that, I have two degrees. I uh, have never been to jail. <laughs> you right, yo. Uh, you 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 blowing my mind and the I've divisiveness. Never, never smoked and I've never drank. Don't give shit. The divisiveness. The divisiveness is so real because how come I have not connected with you before now? To <laughs> as someone who has such a shared experience, you know, like I do a lot of shit. And I, I just thought about this recently. I was like, damn, I think I really struggle with dating because I'm healthy and healthy is synonymous to boring. Like I have a routine. I'm disciplined. I get up. First thing I do, I work out. I get done working out. I do some work. I might mess around on social media, but it's with a purpose. I got to record podcasts. I'm on other people's times. I have a part-time job. I teach yoga. I had to finish my yoga certification. I got a lot of cool shit that's going on. But communicating and conveying that in a picture or with a caption or a few words, it just doesn't work. And and this is the this is the disconnect that we have because then I can talk about women choosing all day, but look at what you're choosing based on even. Because remember, remember Bumble was supposed to be the wild card, right? Where it's just like, oh, oh we power the swipes and stuff to where it's like they gotta instigate the conversation and da, 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 da. like that was that was ooh, that was different than what all these other apps were doing and you know yay but it's still based on what you see you know what i mean like like relationships are risks they're gambles and every time that we engage with each other it's the same exact it's, it's, it's the same thing right and so if people aren't willing to not even step outside their comfort zone but realize that what are you choosing things based on maybe the fact that you've had Maybe the peak of your relationships are only like two years or two to three years. Well, you, you should evaluate that. And you don't need fucking therapy to do that. But maybe you should consider the fact that like, well, hey, my relationships really only on average last about a little over a year and a half. My longest relationship is two to three years. Blah, blah, blah. Why is that? Why is that? Because a bevy of reasons but if you want to change that right you would want to find someone where it's like what, what does that look like to do that differently because now i'm at the point as a man where i can sit here and have these bullshit conversations with people in these apps now i'll sit there and tell them i'll be like you want to do a two you want to do a, a, a year to two year thing because you know what i mean like is that what you would want to sign up for because we can do that we can, we can do the honeymoon period we can do the you know the first six months would be 
great. You know, it'd be fucking awesome. We can get to the point where it's just like, do we want to move in together or do we not want to move in together? Like, you know, like we can, we can get there and we can get over to the hump of that and just be like, man, we really do enjoy spending time with each other, but you got your thing going on and I got my thing going on and we're just really dating to be apart eventually. And then when you get to that point where it's just like, oh, well, I can't grow with this person anymore, so I'll send you on your way. <laughs> leadership, leadership. Yep. It, it keeps coming up. I remember there was a post online that I saw from this guy. And this is how, uh, and I, I, I realize in hindsight how much of things that I've said and done and promoted and shared have not had the intention, like they've unconsciously had impacts that had nothing to do with my intention. But I remember this guy posted, he said, women want to be led. That was it. And everybody in the comments, even guys, even guys were like, yes, yes, guys too, guys too. And then I have these real life conversations with women. You know, we'll talk about that post. They're like, what misogynistic, blah, blah, blah. And then having sex, it would be like, I just want you to tell me what to do. I just want you to do this. Or even going out to eat. I don't know what I want to eat. You make the decision. I don't want to have to make decisions. But this man. that part of the kink stuff though. Well, there's that too. It's that and dismiss value in things like that's not what that means. And we make a joke of it, right? There's all the TikToks about well, where you want to eat, what what you eat, right? It's fucking funny, but it's not. It's it's not. It's different because you look at the man differently. We'd be like, I'm not gonna fucking ask you. I'm gonna take you somewhere. I'm gonna bring you back something. You know, then some of them don't even appreciate that. Nope. You know what I'm coming to realize too is that I think that society has daddy issues. I would say that like there's a big issue with the masculine. There's a distrust for masculinity in general. And I, I empathize because on one hand, you know, if we look at single parent households, it looks like dad wasn't there. But the reality is in homes that in marriages that have worked, I looked at this, I did some, I've, I've looked at the pages of people who've done research and statistics and some Googling and there was one particular man, I wish that I could remember his name. He had a chart. It was like, okay, man makes $150,000 a year. Man also does not have to put his energy into dating and finding a partner who can bear his children, have the family take care of the house because he's found that in his relationship. If his wife makes $50,000 a year, okay, they're at 200000 But if his energy no longer needs to go to wondering or having to put all of this into acquiring the wife, then he can go from 150 a year to 250 a year, making her 50 a year completely insignificant to the relationship because now she can also stay at home. She can raise the kids, take care of the house when he's gone. And then, you know, it continues to elevate from there. He doesn't need to be at home in order for it to be a home if he's doing his job, providing, protecting, caring for, etc. But that role of a wife of that significant other, that mother, that, 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 uh, homemaker and everything, this requires trust. It requires that trust of the masculine to do that. And the masculine also needs to be able to trust the feminine in that, in that particular instance to be able to do those things. So bring the heat, heat. let's say some things. Um, most black women are not qualified to be wives. And I would even venture to say that they don't want to. Kevin Samuels has all this research and these videos that's resurfacing, like that he's showing why. Yeah. And 
this is important once again because we've touched on it, but what creates black families? If the average black man that hasn't been to jail, that's just working their nine to five, minding their business, brings home $45,000, If that man can't find a wife, is, is that the society we want to live in? In the next 20, 30 years? Is that what you want to be able to, You want to be able to tell your sons that, like, well, shit, you better be an athlete or an entertainer. Otherwise, you ain't going to get none of these women. And even then, the women that you get, that doesn't mean that they're qualified to be wives either. And so, we, and this is, this is years of compound variables and things building on each other. But I'll, I'll address some things. And once again, be misogynistic or they're not. Four to five black women are overweight. So if that's fat phobic, I don't care. And I've already addressed this, but like, so that's, that's a medical thing, right? Not even strictly superficial, but once again, as a black man, if I'm looking outside or I'm on these dating apps and four out of five black women are overweight, I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how respectful you are. I have to consider, and see, I know this because once again, simple Google search. If we are more likely to die in the hospital giving childbirth, during childbirth, you think being overweight increases the odds of that happening or decreases the odds of that? Mm-hmm. And so, why, as a responsible <laughs> black man, would I just casually go into the dating world or realm? And pick you because you're nice to me, but you're overweight and somehow just block out the fact that, well, if I ever want to have children with you, you're at a higher risk of dying. And why am I, as the black man, bringing this up and then getting shut down and torn apart of, oh, that's fat phobic and oh, that, no, 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 it's not. No, it's not. Because if it were, if it were a white doctor... You wouldn't be doing that shit. And if you did do that shit, you'd look real fucking stupid. But we're talking about the people, we're talking about the people that I have to pick from. Where I'm minding my business, scrolling, got my shit together, scrolling or whatever. I, I can sit there and say, I'm not choosing you because you're a terrible person. But even just medically, because you ain't gonna bring it up. Whatever I say, I'll always see it. We, we've seen it in the we see it on the post. Oh, I'm fat and proud. If that's not your thing. You know, swipe left. Cool. But do you want to die? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're you're disqualifying yourself, and you can't be mad if someone tells you the truth of, like, hey, you're a, you're, you're a lovely person, but, but you're at a higher risk of dying. You're at a higher risk of having less eggs at a certain age. That's not misogynistic. That's just science. At 30, you 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 have lost a lot of your eggs. And by 35, 40, shit is fried. And you can be mad at me, but think about this. Black and brown women, all that freezing your eggs stuff, that's expensive. That is a privilege. That is white people doing shit that they can pay for. And it's not guaranteed, once again. So if you wanna you wanna sit there and be like, oh well, there's ways around it, and like there's a possibility. No, it doesn't that doesn't mean that you can waste your fucking time and make bad choices because at the end of the day, oh, there's a $20,000 get-out-of-jail-free card. No, it ain't waiting for you. It ain't waiting for you. 
But then you want to complain about making less money. But you, but you just think you should indulge and privilege that it's not meant for you. It's not meant for, you are meant to make better decisions. If we just say, hey, maybe some of you guys should be considering marriage in your 20s and not putting that shit off and having hot girl fucking summers riding the fucking dick carousel because apparently that's that's not misogynistic right but that you can do that that's for your choice so you can do that but but you think that makes you more attractive you know something else that i i'm thinking of as you talked is um i don't know that men have ever necessarily changed from being the creatures that we are like we are creatures of habit we're always progressing we are always making for things to improve and be better and there's all this logic that's driven that we that's we're driven by and i look at this and it's like women are now asking men to change versus just recognizing hey you know these men have been the same this is all they want this is what they want to do like okay here's how i can co-pilot with them rather than trying to make a man who's just doing what a man has always done get on their program and there seems to be based on the data that the program is inconsistent like the program isn't you know making a progression toward the future it's very in the moment and you even mentioned it when uh poor planning poor decisions a covid hit right who's going to take that trip to the toilet paper who's saving for a rainy day who's not buying the things that feel good to buy right now and I think I think the roles are fucked up too. So I think women are making demands like they're men. Say more. I think we. So once again, even looking at my own dating history, just in those relationships that were not bound by marriage, I had partners that were doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. They were thinking about things that they shouldn't have had to think about. Now, it didn't matter if I said, oh, I got this. Don't worry about it. It didn't matter if I provided space or an environment for them not to have to worry about it or not to have to deal with it. Some of them just did it. And so that's also different because if you're engaging in your relationships before marriage in these roles, and I'm like, there's several examples, but like, because it's not just physical work or it's literal roles, right? So, um, Okay, my last relationship. Wanted to, wanted to take a trip, right? Uh, all right, cool. You want to talk about taking a trip? We can, we can do that. Taking a trip. I start processing how we're going to pay for it. She's trying to figure out where we're going to go. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, so, so, so that's just, that's a simple explanation right a simple example but that that pays dividends when you have like okay you, you have an idea that's cool i need to figure out how to make that happen in a way that's not going to leave us where we can't pay rent because you wanted to go to the bahamas you want to go to the bahamas i can try to make that happen as a man logically i start thinking what that would look like how much to set aside blah 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 you're still over here basically looking in the dream world of just like, where are we going to go? Where are we going to take pictures? Da, 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 da. That's cool. But it would be irresponsible of me to engage in that 
right? Without thinking about the other, because then we both fucked. And I can't sit there and be like, oh, well, shit, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to have a moment with you and I wanted to go and we come back and be like, well, how are we going to pay for rent? That's then what you say yep. that, that's my fault. Yep. Right? There's, there's roles and responsibilities that I have and the responsibility to even this person of like, you can dream all you want to, but I have to figure out how to make those dreams a reality, it, even if it's possible or not possible. You don't have to worry about that. And so this is the thing, too, of we have a lot of. That was a nice way of saying that we have a lot of women that do masculine shit and are and, and do things that you shouldn't be doing. And, and shouldn't is a strong word, but I mean, like, you shouldn't have to. Well, let's talk and, about, like, that distrust yeah, think, for... Like, that, that goes back to, like, the single mom households, mm-hmm. right? You're being two people, whether you like it or not. My mom all the time tried to be like, oh, well, I can't be a father to you. But, but you're two parents. You're attempting to be two parents. Because you're in a situation that requires two parents. Otherwise, this shit is not going to be, it's not going to have the same results, right? Something will be amiss. And that's okay because it's not all your fault. But you have to accept that. There's an accountability in that. There's a responsibility in that. That my children are not going to have the same results of if I stayed with my, if I stayed with their father. And so you have to hold that. And it, it might be an L that you have to hold. But women don't like to do that either. They don't like to hold L's. And so this is the thing of, like, the decisions that that we make, like, if you come and the levels of engagement, if you come to a relationship space knowing that you do masculine things, it's not enough for you to just say it and just to say that you're working on it. You need to address the fact that why are you doing role? Why are you mixing up these roles? Is it because of what you saw? Is it because of what you didn't have? Is it because that you saw your mom do the same thing? Is it because all you need to figure that shit out? And then once again, I don't have to date you. Like, like I can sit there and say, go figure that shit out. Go figure it out. Because just like you wanted men to be healed and men to become more complete, and men not to have this whatever type of issues and blah blah, and you want men to make a certain amount of money, I can sit here and be like, you know what? I want my women. I want women that I engage in, that I date seriously, I want you to be wife ready. But do you know if I made that demand? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like if, I, if, I really, if I really put that out there seriously, I would be swiping less than I already am. You know what I mean? Like, it, it narrows my pool down. And so, if it narrows my pool down, what is that doing to the average man? What is that doing for you? Right? Because if I'm saying, like, oh, you're not qualified. Sure, you're pretty, you're attractive, you're not qualified. You know, like, and and then all the, you know, there's another thing too that gets me is that women families will complain about the men that they chose. We've sat across. Hey, can you say that one more time? Women and fans will complain about the men that they chose. They will complain about the men that they chose. chose. And so we've sat in dates, we've sat in conversations where this person is talking about the person that they chose, the person that they gave access to their body. Didn't lie to them. Didn't bamboozle them. But you know what you can't get back? Your fucking time. And they'll sit there and they'll they'll try to act like, oh, they'll downplay it. They'll try to be like, oh, it's no big deal. It was just two years and it didn't work out. No, no, no. You you hurt me. Yeah. That's two years of that's two years of viable eggs that you didn't fucking use. <laughs> so, all right, how do you respond to 
potentially sounding like because you're, you're saying all these real things where if it were in person one-on-one or group discussion it would be received because people this is how we engage in reality so for someone who might be listening this later who would say oh you sound like you just a mad black man who ain't getting none or you just whatever like what's your response to that and then i have another question for anyone who's hearing this who relates and they're like yeah i am average yeah i do feel the way that you feel how do you manage that anger what do you do about it growth and accountability are really important to me as a man and so being able to have sex has never been a problem but that's also nothing to brag about because now i'm at the age say it again say it again yeah i'm like because that's cool, but if I want more, what does that look like? <sighs> I, I can, I can, I can talk my way. I can engage. I can, I can have sex with women. But if we're talking about, like I said, I'm pro black, and I don't mean that just in words alone. So I want a black ass family. I want to provide and protect a black woman, them, and have a black family. So how do I get there? Because I don't get there just by having sex with a bunch of them. And I have to realize that. That that is not how I create the environment and space that I want to give to somebody else and to give to my children. So there's also things that I cannot control. Because I'm not going to settle for less because I've worked really hard to get to the point that I'm at. I've worked really hard to think about these things. I've gone to therapy. I'm in therapy, right? So so you're not going to shame me into my lowering my standards. You're not going to shame me into addressing the facts of this situation and the reality that I face and that other men face. You're not going to downplay and dismiss the real shit that I say and try to discredit me to discredit the facts because... We've been doing that for years, and we'll see how we're seeing how that plays out. You can get mad at me because I threw out the statistic about single parent households and who I feel is responsible, but I'm sorry. Last time I checked, we live in America. I can't force any woman to have an abortion. And would you want to live in that society? You all you all talk about trust and 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 these things. I, would you want to live in a society where the decision came down to the men? wouldn't like that but i guarantee there'd be less babies <laughs> there'd be less there that, that statistic would go down if men got to sit there and be like hey i know we had a one night stand we had a great time uh not trying to marry you so yeah that baby you you, you gotta take this this plan b right here that's what i was going to ask you i was yeah. about to ask you about that too because uh the decision being on us isn't even really our decision it's that decision that who we're choosing like we still have basic needs and we recognize who we're choosing but we're choosing them for the reason that we're choosing them and i think i hate that i hate that's the accountability and responsibility part and once again i've had conversations and this is what moves it forward right i have told young men and men in my own age group right that when we engage in these spaces right we're not necessarily always thinking long term but as logical people logical human beings i was like sometimes you gotta look in this person you gotta look this person dead in the face and be like yeah we we we're having a good time or whatever if this person was my baby mama how would i feel 
I ask myself that before recently. You, yeah, before I, you engage. Yep, yep. This if I made this person a mother, how would I feel? Changes your whole changes your whole perspective. Yeah. Sometimes it's not worth the risk, and we have to understand that, right? There is some, there is something called dick discipline. Just because I'm able to have sex doesn't mean I should have sex all the time. Did you and say so, discipline? Did you did you was that wordplay? Did you say discipline or did you actually say discipline? Dick discipline. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so th- I think you shared that. Was that you that shared that? Did you share that? Uh, it was a post on dick discipline, and I forget who the author was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a TikTok. Okay, that was man. That was great. That was great. Well, women didn't think so. Of course not. <laughs> well, because here's what it does. You know, even in that post about uh, me disengaging from men or trash content, someone who posted some men or trash content that I unfollowed made a comment because I was like, one of the things that I said was, you don't have to disempower someone else to take your own power back. You know, it's usually just misdirected. And for my example was my power was misdirected or misguided or misplaced. Misplaced is the word in porn consumption and dating apps and, you know, uh, just getting sex from people who can give me sex rather than, you know, looking at what's more important to me. And when I started to sort of plug those holes where energy was just leaking out, that's when I started to tap into that creativity. That's when I started to have more connection and intimacy with the people I was choosing to have connection and intimacy with. And so the the to be able to recover any of our energy that's just misplaced and going in all these different directions so that we can focus on, you know, whatever it is that's important to us, like we can do that without focusing so much on what someone else has because now we're giving them energy and they don't I mean they're not taking it from us we're voluntarily creating another leakage of our own energy not focusing on what we really want and that enables a lot of people and you know we're on the topic of men and women I think that for the situation that men are in women have a lot of misplaced energy in so many different places that there's no focus or attention on the long term. And then all of a sudden you look up and like you mentioned, come 35, 40 years old, you're talking about, yeah, I want to start a family. Uh, Eventually I want to start a family. And it's like, the reality is there's a lot to be done. You know, we look at four out of five black women being overweight and there's work to be done there. You know, it might take you two years to build a whole, you got to build a whole new lifestyle in order to get that weight down in order to be healthy enough to have a baby and not risk death from having a baby. Right. So there are all of these things that even add more time to it. And it seems to me to be going back to social media, a lack of focus, a lack of ability to think beyond a certain point and also be able to, Look at what the reality is, right? But 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 they're they're rewarded for bad behavior, and I think we need to address that because men aren't. Say that again, or uh, elaborate for me. So, like the overweight thing, I, I'm I'm body positive. You've seen my art, like I don't have a you know what I, mean? I don't have an issue. But but when this plays out in the black community and our relationships, I can't just because I'm body positive and I. Please feel great about yourself. Don't don't shame yourself into, you know, having a certain type of body. That's not healthy. But being overweight isn't healthy either. And it leads to hypertension, diabetes, heart disease. And these are things just in our community. 
I'm not talking about white people, but just in our community. So I, they aren't separate to me. And so, but, but then, right, when we, we talk about, oh, well, you should feel good about the body that you're in. Okay, well, that's great. But that doesn't mean that the people in your community, which leads to healthy family dynamics, are attracted to, to that. And you can't get mad if they're not. And you can be happy as a clam about being overweight, about looking like Lizzo, and you can look for affirmations that way. Cool. But that doesn't, you, but everybody doesn't get everything. So you might have to hold that and be like, well, I'm just happy with the body that I am. And I'm choosing not to do the work to be healthier or to look better for, for myself. Fine. Then you might not get married. Mm. Someone might only seek you out for recreational use. And that's not misogynistic. You have put yourself in that bracket. Recreational recreational use is such yes. a good way of saying that. Yes. <laughs> for a good time to have fun with. It doesn't mean that you won't orgasm. It doesn't mean that they're just going to treat you like shit and leave. No. Y'all can have consensual good time, but they're not going to marry you. They're not going to look at you for a long-term relationship because you, just like you wanted men to do the work, just like you wanted men to come healed and come correct and do all that shit and come with respect. Well, if you're not doing that with just this one figure that we just found out is a statistical fact, a Google fact that has to do with your health, has to do with your likeness to have a healthy pregnancy. Why the fuck should any man sit there and be like, well, you know what, damn, I just got to settle. I got to settle for you. You know what I mean? I worked really hard to put myself in the position to get this good job, to, to make this average money in this, this capitalistic society, and I gotta choose a below average black woman because that's that's what I that's the bevy of what I have to choose from. If men did that, even if men, if even if every man did that, there would still be left over you. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make it one in four of you get married. Our community is not just like, you know what I mean? Like, our community is, is constantly bumping into each other. We can have, we can fuck each other all day. Yay! Consensual sex. Yay! Orgasms. Yay! Sex toys. We, we can do all that. But where are the black families? Where is the, the affirmation of healthy black family dynamics? Because that changes our future. That changes our economic opportunities. That changes where our children get to go to different schools. All of that, that's a big fucking deal. And when you devalue one part of that combination, you bring the whole fucking thing down. And so you cannot be mad because you're you're talking about, you're saying that you're willing to be okay with choosing from a pool of men who were raised by their mothers. And you just have, have no problem with that. You just think, oh, well, th this is fine. But you had no problem telling them to go to therapy. You had no problem telling them damn near, you know what? You don't deserve sex if you don't make this amount of money. You know what that does to somebody? You know, but but that's but that's superficial. But you want to get mad if someone tells you that you're overweight or that I don't want to date you because you're fat. Uh, you, oh, you're fat phobic. Oh, shame. Oh, cancel them. No. How about you just say I'm choosing not to do the work. I'm just like some of these men said. I'm choosing not to go to therapy. Fuck you. All right, cool. See how they like turn out. That's the, the choice that they made. They didn't sit there and be like, well, damn, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to gamble. I'm just going to find out how this is going to turn out. You know why? Because most of those, they, they will still be able to find what they want. Someone will marry that man. 
whether you like it or not, because there's less men than there are women. So you can talk about, oh, we can just come together and deny this and deny that and whatever and move the, move the thing forward. No, you are not going to make these changes, these behavior, social shifts by withholding sex. Let me tell you that right now, because some of you will not. Y'all got a lot of uh, backstabbers in the ranks who talk all this shit and still choose men that are just God fucking awful. Man, <laughs> you know, you you talking about withholding sex that makes me think about sexless marriages too. And I don't hear about that in sex education. I don't hear about the impacts of that, how... You know, we talk about how, oh, you know, well, when I got with him, he was like this and then he changed. And it's like, well, where's the account? Where's your accountability? I hear a lot of you did this. You did that. He did this. Oh, wait, 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 Corner, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's go there. What about when you get, what about that baby weight that you chose not to lose? Ooh. So he married you and now you, you have a kid or two and you 60 pounds heavier than when he married you. So, so if he were to look at you and be like, hey, if, if you don't lose this weight, I'm going to divorce you. Oh, you're you're misogynistic. Oh, you're the but you know every little nitpicky thing that you can do for a man, and you can wake up one day and be like, I'm not happy with you, and leave. And a court will not only grant you said divorce, but you'd be like, Hey, you can take half his shit too. Wow. That and, and this goes back to the statistic. If you are incentivized to leave relationships, what does that say about relationships? They're not profitable. For who? Whoever it is that's paying, because I, I look at it like this, you know, I, I did this math in my head and butchered it. But let's say someone gets, you know, $400 a child, a single black mother in an impoverished neighborhood, right? The government, whoever's funding this project, I am worth as a black baby, let's say black male baby, okay? Black, got a little black boy in this situation, grows up resilient, you know, has a certain level of street knowledge and understanding, athleticism. I, let's let's look at if I were someone who was wealthy, it's an investment. Like this is a, a, a field, okay? So I'm investing $300 a month into this single mother who has a black baby, right? So over the year, that's $3,600. 18 years times $3,600 is however many tens of thousands that is. Let's say that kid goes on to be a college athlete or a rapper or an actor, right? If I'm in that industry, like I have or connected to it, because we talk about, uh, we didn't talk about this, but you know, if so few people own all of the wealth or media companies, the media is essentially someone who would profit off of that boy growing up and becoming the next LeBron James because you know if LeBron James make x dollars media is making that in cycles right and I've been I've thought about this man and I don't know that I'm able to really articulate it a certain way but that gamble that sort of lottery that investment is like just like how the stock market works it might be random but for the people who understand the system or who are putting the money into it they wouldn't do it if they didn't have a reason to it's a payoff so there is essentially a profit in anything that is super incentivized even if there's money attached to it it seems like oh i'm getting free money no you ain't getting free money you're giving to someone where they're able to profit off of it and maintain the status quo of whatever system your lifestyle is enabling for them. Like everything, everything is incentivized to some degree by profit. Yeah. I have a question for you. I'm ready. Do you, do you walk around 
like you're worth a million dollars. I wish, no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> well, stay, stay with me. Stay with me. Okay. Why not? All right. If because, because you don't make a million dollars? No, not because I don't make a million dollars. I think I have a thing with attention. I don't want million dollar attention. I know that I don't want million dollar attention. I know that, um, yeah, that I think that that's probably anything that I say will support that. I don't want million dollar attention. Don't be flashy. Don't be, you know, too cocky. Don't be too anything that's going to attract someone who may want to take from my million dollar value. So what if I told you, though, that you could do everything right, make all the right decisions, live an average life, and at the end of the day, you're, you're still worth a million dollars. But, but here's the kicker. Because this is what the media tells us. This is what we don't think about. If you lived your life that way, like even what we just talked about, where you have these moments of ambition and, and growth and, and positivity, honestly, and like leadership of your, taking accountability for your own life and, and these projects. And then you are, uh, you are walking down the street and you know what? You, you catch a bullet from a police officer who, who uh, thinks you are a criminal and mistakes you for being hostile and shoots you. You know that the beginning conversation for the payout to your family and anybody related to you is going to start at a million dollars? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it's going to start at a million dollars. That's how much you're. That's how much you're worth. Beginning of these conversations, if your life is is wrongfully <laughs> wrongfully taken. Now, now we don't walk around, right? I just asked you. You don't walk around like you're worth a million. And some of that goes to usually people answer is because I don't make a million dollars. Mm. But the value of us, right, is crazy because human life and like how we see ourselves and how the world sees us. If you're no longer here and you didn't do anything wrong, wrongful death suits, that's where that conversation starts because someone going to get that money. And justifiably so. I don't think it's enough, right? Someone just got paid a million dollars and their son was, was taken from them. I don't think that's enough. And we can look all up and down, right? Trayvon Martin, Tamir um, Rice, right? We, we, we can look all up and down those wrongful death suits. But like at the end of the day, right, those payouts, like we're telling people how much a human life is worth, how much a black man is worth. And so we need to embody that. So that when I'm having these conversations, right, when I tell men, I'm going to be like, you, you, you worth at least a million dollars. You ain't got to make it. Right, but you need to you need to carry yourself in a way of there's value in everything that I do and everything that I say, and no one can take that away from me. I don't give I don't care about the algorithm. I don't care about social media because with the way this plays out in real life, that's how that's where change is going to come. We can we can have the bullshit conversations on on Twitter and you know Instagram and, and things like that, but the decisions that me and you make, even just on dating apps transcend that <laughs> because that's the real right when we when, when we lay down with someone and potentially make life with someone i'm not going to be able to reference like the twitter conversations and the shit that i talked to or didn't talk or whatever i'm gonna have to show my work as a man 
can I provide for this person? Can I, can I provide for this child? And so I posted something a couple weeks ago too, or just like where my head was at with just relationships in general and how it's evolved of like, I want to be able to pay for everything. I want to. It's, I feel like it's my responsibility. I was never told that I growing that up. Too. I saw my mom struggle. I saw my mom do it by herself. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've dated people who, I've dated women who saw their mom do the same exact thing. And I said, you know what? I just want to put myself in the position where this is what I have to offer. I don't know who you've been with. I don't know if there's going to be someone after me. I don't care. This is what I have to offer. That at least when you are pregnant and if you're with me, you ain't got to work. That's a goal of mine. Take it or leave it. You want to fucking work while your ankles are swelling? Go. You know what? Go right ahead. Freedom of choice. But I'm going to tell you to sit down because that's my responsibility, right? So when the doctor says, hey, you're coming up on these really fragile, crucial months. Maybe you should be bedridden. I can sit there and say, I got you. That's what I want to be able to do. And that's what I tell other men. I'll be like, your goal should be to pay for everything. That should just be your goal. You don't have to tell someone that, right? You ain't got to say, hey, I'm coming in, guns blazing. I got the money. I can pay for X, Y, and Z. I can put you in this type of car, whatever. No, 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 because that's, that's a lot of talking. Mentally, right, your perspective of coming into a relationship with somebody else, a vulnerable party, because that's what it is. You are supposed to be tied to a person who is vulnerable, who without you, life would be fucking harder. Two incomes are better than one. Whatever, right? Simple math, simple logic. That should be your goal, and that we should take on that responsibility and not be scared of it. But it also should be used against us. You see what I'm saying? So, like, there's no shame yes. in that. Because I, t- I decided that. I'm not, you're not dating me because you think, oh, this nigga got money and got deep pockets. No, 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 no. I'm a responsible man. I have my life together. And now this is a goal of mine of something that I want to provide whoever I'm with long-term. Right. And so I can be able to, to show my work of how I got there, how I saved, how I've built up this reserve for this, per, for, for the family that I want to have. And so there's a big difference because I think this all comes down to once again, men showing their work because we, we can talk all day. We can talk all we can talk all day about how we're angry. We can talk all day about how we're hurt, but, but but I still have to I still have to protect and I still have to provide because that's that's my job. Mm-hmm. And so I don't need someone to come in and tell me how to do my job. And that's not misogynistic. That's not me being like, well, I'm a leader. No, 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 no. In order for this to work, if you come over here, this is what that looks like. You ain't got to worry about X, Y, and Z. And if you do. You know what? There's someone else who doesn't want to worry about X, Y, and Z. So I can go. Be, I can go be with them. Yes. You can get out. You can leave. So, what I'm I want to finish our conversation with this topic. Um, sex positivity is different for black families versus white people. Kind of the same thing with feminism. And I want to right. get this thought out, and then I'd like for you to share what your thoughts are. Um, I look at, you know, a lot of the people who fuel this sex positivity might have already had their children. 
they're already in their marriages, they're in their relationships. So they kind of have this leisure to be able to say, yeah, do whatever you want, you know, but I'm, I'm over here with my husband and my children, you know, but yeah, you should be able to go do what you want. And it was kind of like what you said earlier, you know, the white women were like, all the, all the men outside, we want to be outside. Hey, Shirley, stay here and take care of the kids, right? I think about how the value of men's attention quantitatively equates to OnlyFans. OnlyFans is the example here. So I can put myself on OnlyFans and I can sell videos, pictures of myself having sex. I'll make an income. Let's say I get like $10,000 a year, right? It's good side money. I get to go to work and I also have OnlyFans, right? The value of that is praised more so than the value of making yourself prepared to be a wife to a man who provides a lifestyle that is significantly more quality or higher quality than that $10,000 a year. And so the years where eggs are good, uh, you're the most attractive you can be. You can start building with another person rather than having like all these jaded experiences because sex positivity tells you you should be able to have sex with as many people as often as you want to, uh, wherever, however, whenever. You don't need no man. You don't need no family. Like it, it seems as if it is, even if it's unintentional, it's doing something different for black people in relation to families than it is anybody else. Black and brown people compared to non-black, non-brown, or I guess we can just say white people. So wrapping that thought up, because again, this is all incomplete. <laughs> the value of many men's attention in the form of money, or even just attention, versus the quality of your man's attention or fewer men's attention on the trajectory towards the kind of lifestyle that carries a different kind of value than what you're having pumped into your head through social media and sex positivity. Comments, because I, I don't know that I'm asking a question, I'm just more processing some thoughts that came up from our conversation. this is a power privilege and economics conversation because I would say for a majority of white women that engage in OnlyFans, they know that a husband, if they chose right, is worth more than $10,000. And they wouldn't want to work. <laughs> they wouldn't want to have to do that. That's all. That, that, that extra $10,000 $10, is all well and good if you buy yourself and it's just you and your cats. Like, that's cool. Yeah, good for you. Yay, 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 yay. Good, good for you. But no one gets everything. So if you chose to do that in the times where you were the most attractive, if you wasted those years doing that for the money, you don't get a husband. You don't get a family. And that that's the choice that we need to give. Because once again, right, if I had a daughter... I wouldn't tell her no, but I'd be like, this, this is, this is what you're choosing. And so if you choose this, you are less likely to get that. If you want that, 
you need to do X, Y, and Z, and it might not be doing that, right? I'm not going to take away that choice from my daughter, but I'm going to tell her. These are, these are breaks. I'm going to tell her growing up, I would not marry your mother if she had an OnlyFans. Well, why? Really doesn't matter, but like, the, you know what I mean? Like, like, I wouldn't. I don't find that attractive. I've been there. I've done that. I've been with somebody, and I realized that, like, okay, like I'm with somebody who's showing intimate parts of themselves for nine ninety nine. Like, what does that say about me? And what does what that does say I... about your family that you build? Yeah, what with does, this what does that say if I if if I have a child with you? <sighs> it's bigger. I've it's I've bigger than that. Child, yeah, yeah, I've subjected my future child. To be on the playground one day and being like, oh, I've seen your mom busted open on the internet. And kids cruel, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to think about that. And like, once again, sex positivity and freedom of choice. Yay, that's all well and good. I have a choice too. I don't have to marry you. I don't have to have a long-term relationship with you. I don't have to invest in you. You are setting yourself up for re- recreational use only. And that's fine. But don't be mad about it. My thing is when, when they want both. When they want, we tell women that they can have everything. And I feel like that's a part of feminism too, which is not true. Because it's one thing to tell that to white women. It's a whole other thing to tell that to black and, black and brown women. Right? No one, even the white women, no one gets everything. So if you make certain decisions, there are consequences. If you want that extra $10,000 while you're single with your cats, you are less likely to get the husband and the family you're either okay with that or you're not you should either consider that before you do x y and z or you don't right you don't get to do oh well i was young and i had no idea and i just wanted to like you know i wanted to risk it i wanted to gamble on it cool now you 35 got a whole only fans library and, and 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 wasted right wait your relationship your relationship experience is Bad. It's just null and void. Because let's just say that let's just say that you even can you even be in a relationship if this is how you've interacted with men and you expect exactly. this. You have you have you have made yourself an outlier thinking that you could just stroll back in and be like, hey guys, I'm here and I'm ready to settle down. And be like, wait, I already paid for your shit. I see what you have to offer. Literally, I subscribed for three months. You subscribe that long because I, 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 yeah, I I think that what makes sense is to get on there because there's so much porn available. Like, you might just want to see somebody, it might be cool to see somebody that you know on there and then hop on, see it, hop off. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool. But what does that do for, once again, what does that do for our perception for somebody? Because, right, I could give my nine ninety nine and see you naked and see you busted open or whatever and da da da. And you don't Society's lose anything. Don't judge me like that because they're probably not even gonna know. But your shit has been up there. Your shit can be recorded. Your shit can be saved. Your shit can be, you know, what I mean, redistributed. Your shit can pop up on Pornhub. So long after you think you're done and like, oh, I don't do that anymore, and that's not the life that I live. The vision of you popping it open on the internet. Is on someone's mind that's not going to be your husband or your children's. That to me is a sacrifice that you make for the money. And once again, you're either okay with that or you're not. It gets me though the hypocrisy of when people want certain outcomes for the poor choices that they make. Because if I had a record 
for whatever reason, right? And I was a felon. I can't sit there and be like, well, damn, these jobs aren't giving me a shot. It's their fault. I'm a good person. I'm reformed. I did my time. Life's not fucking fair. So if you decide to do your time on OnlyFans land and make a bunch of money and blah, 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 and you proud of it, and you like, oh, I'm a boss lady and, you know, an independent woman, cool. Relationships are not about independence. And honestly, the man that you want, you don't want that man to care about the money that you have. Yes. Yes. I've never met a woman who was like, you know what? I made $10,000 extra on the side. You should consider being with me long term because I make that amount. Of, I've never seen. I've never seen any. I've only that. seen those women get taken advantage of, or like oh. men be enabled to not go off and work. Like, oh yeah, I just use her stuff. Like, oh, I'll just you know we we do what and she want to do. Wait, and then they do the thing that I talked about earlier. They blame men that they chose. Yeah. They blame men that they chose to fuck. Blame men that they chose to house. They blame men that they chose to buy things for. Like, you did that. There was no gun to your head. There was no... You did that. And if you and if you as a woman leave with your wallet, you are doing manly shit. That's weird. That would be a fucking red flag for me. If, if that was in your bio, oh, I make this amount of money. Because then we told people, hey, we told women, you can get your degrees... And you can make a certain amount of money, and somehow there'll be a husband waiting for you on the other end. No, there fucking won't. Man. You can have a PhD. You can live that life. You can make six figures. You might not get the husband in the family. Man, so you, this really gave me a lot to think about. I think a lot has been validated for me as well, just with you know the algorithm flip that I had and seeing more content that speaks to men uh, that like resonates. Because I, I can't talk about this. I can't go to my community and be like, Hey y'all, what y'all think about this? You know, or, you know, talking about family, everybody's like family. Like I just want to have pleasure and orgasms, but like in person privately, when I have discussions with these people, that's what they want. Or they say they want these things, but sometimes it's not super, it's not consistent. I can just blatantly say that. And we only got like two minutes before, uh, this wraps out. So let me, let me, let me quickly say that. Yeah. Black men want respect. And I'm old enough now to realize that I even want respect more than love. So I'm on these dating apps with a whole new vision. that I want someone to respect me and what I bring to a relationship space. That's what I want. I, I'm a leader. I've demonstrated it. I don't want to have to jump through hoops to prove to you X, Y, and Z, to prove that I'm not your ex. But I want that respect because I've earned it. And so that's, that's what we want. And there's nothing misogynistic about that. There's nothing, you know, derogatory about that. And if I have to demand it and I have to ask for it, fine. But I'm, I, that's what I want. Wow. I thank you for saying that, too, because it ties into where we started at leadership. You know, if I'm a leader, I want to be respected for being a leader. If I'm it's a lot of work that goes into that. You got to do a lot of hard things, self-work as well as self-accountability, and you also have to do things differently. You got to be willing to adapt and change. And not only do you have that self-accountability, but you've got responsibility for the people around you and the people that you are leading. So this this is a lot worth digesting, and I think that this really solidifies a framework for how I want to do things moving forward. Cause I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It was uncomfortable saying some of the things that I had to say. Um, 
knowing that so much of what you said resonated with me and I know that this is something that might make other people uncomfortable, whatever, but you are controversy, right? And this is how we get stuff moving in the direction of change, whether it be positive change or just something different. But once you hear this, I don't think you can walk away from it thinking the same. And I appreciate you for volunteering your time to be here and have this dialogue with me. And I, I would like for this to be an ongoing discussion that we can have with each other, especially on this topic, as well as others, because I had thought about how sex positivity influences black families at all or family, period. I've never thought about that. Anytime, and, and thank you for having me. How can people find you? I am Controversy on Instagram. Um, check out my art and um, check out this conversation. Repost it, replay it, write shut down. Hey. <laughs> hey, podcasts are safe. Podcasts don't get real uh, censored because there's so many of them yet. So we good for now. We can talk about whatever we want oh, on the podcast. Cancel me again. <laughs> cancel me again. <laughs> All right, my man. Thank you. I appreciate it. So that concludes this episode of I decided that this will belong on something positive for positive people. So please like, rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast. And um, yeah, just share it with people. Um, give me your thoughts. I'm accessible on Instagram at Courtney Brame underscore TikTok, Courtney Brame underscore uh, Instagram, Courtney Brame underscore. Did I say Instagram already? I probably did. Or you could just email me, Courtney at SPFPP.org. Till next time. I don't even want to say say sex positive.